0: From the 50, midweek edition.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome in on back to the From the 50 midweek show. I guess this is our off-season show. I don't know if I'm supposed to call it the midweek show, but this is the From the 50 podcast presented by Book it Sports and Aces Wild. I'm Zach Zook. I got Nick Tolly on the ones and twos. And uh, Nick, a little bit dry in terms... We got a couple of major stories, but there's not the depth that we've been used to over the last three or four months. It'll start to pick up as free agency nears and the draft rumors heat up. And we got a couple of those for you here. And we've been, honestly, I feel like more lucky, more lucky this year than in most years because we've had so many huge trades. But uh, we do have a couple of big stories to talk about. Um, We're going to uh, plug... The uh, text line, you can call and leave a voicemail or text. And I'm going to do this multiple times throughout the show for the next couple weeks because we would love to get some of your guys' questions on here. And it's something that we want to start doing, but we need enough questions. We need to bank enough questions so that we can start doing it. So we'd love to start doing a mailbag on here. Hit us up at 904-990-3850. Again, 904 990 3850. You can leave a voicemail, right, Tali, or text.
0: Correct. So you
1: can you can do either or if you wanna get your voice on the show, leave a voicemail. If you want to text in, uh, uh, anonymous, or you can put your name on it. Don't really care. Uh, we'll read your question or if you got a take. Too, or just want to tell us that we fucking suck that's cool too so uh <laughs> but but text in text into the line that's that that i think is going to be fun we tj and i have had some fun with it in the past i remember the first year we did it the first when he got it for Bruce, we got a couple of football questions but uh nothing like they did on on, on the brew show we didn't have uh Who's the Who's the crazy man uh, around the Blues Cup run that was always calling in Stanley, Stanley Cup. Cup? That's just what he was called, right? Oh yeah, that guy was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, he kind he of fell victim a...
0: to Corona. We haven't heard from him since <laughs> COVID started. Yeah,
1: maybe he ran out of money, and maybe his phone got <laughs> yeah. like repoed or something. Who knows? <laughs> but um, we got a couple of big big football stories. Um, again, presented by Book It Sports, and the first thing we wanted to talk about. Was the Carson Wentz trade? Of course, it is a it is a from the 50 tradition. As long as I've been doing on-air stuff as it pertains to football in the NFL, it's a tale as old as time, man. Oh. You you do a show, and about the time you record it, within like 24 hours of putting it out, something major happens. And I knew that we were gonna run the risk of this, Nick, when we did this last week. But sure enough, it happened. Carson Wentz traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts for a third round pick and a conditional second round pick that could become a first round pick. That's off the top of my head. And I think that's right. Uh, the, the, the conditional second. Now, when I, I didn't read the conditions at first and I thought, boy, that's a terrible trade by the Eagles. But then when I realized the only condition for it to become a first round pick is to, have Carson Wentz play 75% of the snaps uh, that made a lot more sense to me. Cause basically it, as long as he doesn't get injured, that 2022 conditional pick is going to be a first rounder. Now that first rounder is not still going to be very high, but it'll at least be at the end of the first round rather than the end of the second round. And uh, is the third round pick. I know you got it pulled up right here, Nick. Uh, is it also in 2022, the third round pick or no, do it is for that.
0: It's this year. So it's the eighty-fifth overall oh, pick this smart.
1: year. I thought that they were in different years. So that's that's what tripped me up. Yep. Makes sense. I mean, if you if you're if you're um, indie, now they I don't believe have a first round pick anyways this year to part with, right? Didn't they trade it for DeForest Buckner?
0: I believe so. Or did they
1: trade their twenty nineteen? their 2020 first round pick, because that happened before the draft, I want to say. So they might have it, traded their first round pick last year.
0: Yeah, it happened before the draft last year. So
1: actually, now, now that you say that, I kind of want to say they do have the, a first round pick. They we can, we can look one. that up. I I need to have like the draft order pulled up in front of me. So I apologize for not knowing that off the top of my head. But uh, they're definitely, I think, getting good value for it. And we talked about this last week, right? This really kind of depends on your view of Carson Wentz as a player. And it looks like, yeah, 21 overall. Yep. So I don't know what your view is of Carson Wentz as a player, Nick, but I think that he's absolutely worth what they gave up. Um, You're going to like, let's, I mean, let's just for, you know, argument's sake, say he plays 75% of the snaps. Uh, if he doesn't, that's a, that's not good. If you're (laughs) the Colts. Um, now there's going to be, I think there. what is going to be interesting is there's going to be ways that they can game this system. I saw one of, uh, my, our coworkers at PFF, Mike Renner bachelor guy, you know, represent, uh, (laughs) he had a tweet that said, whenever they get up or down more than like two scores, he is coming out of the game and get ready. It's going to be Jacoby Brissett time. So I think that if you were ever going to do player props next year, stay away from Carson Wentz player props, because he is going to break your heart. Uh, But I think that the, the Colts, even if that becomes a first round pick, a first and a third for him without giving up any players and keeping your core together, I think that it's, a huge huge win for Indy and we talked about what I think Carson needs to revamp his career was just getting that hero ball out of him. I think watching him it's never been the ability like he's a he's a physical talent and an elite talent at that. I think where his pitfalls have come the last 2 years since the MVP season was one injuries. That is a huge red flag that cannot be ignored at this point. Um He's hurt constantly. Yep. So he's going to have to prove that he can stay a little bit more healthy. He's going to have to, again, not play here. I think, I think part of not getting hurt is not playing here. ball. And then that'll cut down. You would hope on the turnovers, but what does he need to do that? He needs a good defense and he could use a good running game, like get some of the responsibility off of his shoulders. So where does he go to do He goes to the Indianapolis Colts? who have a top 10 defense top five this past year, and he's going to get a good offensive line and a good run game. Uh, so I think now if you're, if you're indie, I'd continue to draft offensive linemen. You got your, your running back. Uh, you got, you know, you, you hit on several players in the last couple of seasons in the draft Obviously you have Darius Leonard, but, uh, the, the corner Rocky scene is pretty good. Um, and they got some, they got some guys all over that defense that are just solid. And then I think they had Justin Houston off the opposite edge. So they're they're I think this is like the best case scenario for Carson Wentz and for the Colts. Not sure how you feel about this. If you're an Eagles fan, what's your kind of take on it? Nick, uh,
0: from the Eagles perspective. Uh, I mean, everything that came out after this trade has gone on, that he kind of lost. Like, you hear about coaches losing the locker room, but it sounded like Carson Wentz kind of lost that locker room too, and everyone was ready to be done with him and move on to Jalen Hurts. So you kind of have to get what you can at that point. And, I mean, I you, you start over, I guess. I mean, they have a lot of holes to fill on that roster anyway. They do. And, I, you know, I, I don't think
1: it's the worst thing for them to get rid of him. Uh, I God, it's it's just crazy to me that that's how far his value has diminished. The one thing that doesn't make sense to me is, didn't they get rid of Doug because it was like him or Carson?
0: Sort of.
1: So now it's like, and believe me, I'm you guys know I was not the biggest Doug guy this past year. I think he's so overrated. Yeah, I think that was a
0: lot of the problems with Carson Wentz this year was him. Right. Uh, I also read a story this year, this week that. The only reason they drafted Jalen hurts is because Howie Roseman thought he was the next Russell Wilson. And they missed on Russell Wilson the first time. And he was like, I can't live with that again. So I'm going to take Jalen. And now everyone has them taking Justin Fields at six overall, which feels like a pretty similar comp to me.
1: Yeah. I, so that's, that's the interesting thing. I was going to get there. So I'm glad you brought it up. Like what, what they do at six is going to be really interesting. Uh, I think, and we'll talk about this, this is going to be our last topic of the show today, but we're going to talk about kind of the first round, the early picks in the first round. Cause some guys are getting some values put on them and it feels like there's there. It feels like you can reasonably select, put guys within a 10 pick slot. And that's where they're going to go. At least the top, top elite guys. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but what the Eagles do at six is going to be extremely interesting. And I kind of feel like they are going to take a quarterback if that's their philosophy, you know to to have these assets and i i don't know i was a big howie roseman guy i just i don't know man like they they don't have very many good players on the team the good players they do have are veterans that are aging and their offensive line which was a strength of the team is now a weakness because again guys are getting old jason peters came back this year to like Fill a huge need for them but i can't imagine he's back in 2021 and lane Ta- lane uh johnson um has been injured the last like two to three years so yeah. they're they're really in trouble and, and i don't know about getting rid of urts as well and i mean it, it feels like urts is, is about as good as gone because they i mean why t- why have that salary if you're clearly mm-hmm. kind of retooling here but i i just don't like it, it Jalen's a. I I think Jalen's better than I, I thought he was Jalen starting quarterback in the NFL I think I think he's an interesting guy and certainly somebody that you could develop but like let's not pretend that he's Lamar Jackson as an athlete because he's not it's not
0: I, close I think that's what they're going to look for this year is if he can make that same leap that Lamar made I, yeah. I believe I saw a comp and uh Jay or Hertz's numbers were a little bit better than Lamar's because they kind of had the same career path this far where sat all year, take over for a veteran guy who used to be really good. And Jalen performed a little bit better than what Lamar did in those few games, but he's going to really have to step up. If well, And, I, and I'll gonna say this for Jalen.
1: I think Jalen's a better passer than Lamar Jackson. I don't even think that's a hot yeah. take. Uh, hmm. and, and, and there's some things I really like about Jalen Hertz's game. I think he's got a little bit of that Deshaun Watson to him. I feel like he's a leader. People gravitate towards him. He's got a great off-the-field mentality. He's a hard worker. I, I think he's going to know the scheme, know the defenses he's facing, all the ins and outs. He's going to know the audibles. He's going to know the checks, the hots. He's going to know all that stuff. Like that's that, And he's going to hold his teammates accountable because that's something he's done everywhere he's gone. And he's proven that he's an awesome teammate. So I think that is something that Carson lacks. And clearly, it was a little bit of a diva about. (laughs) And he's going to have to get that out of his system if he's going to return back to the level of play that he wants to get back to. But if if Jalen Hurst, like, I just think the physical ability is lacking. Like, he doesn't have anywhere near the physical ability of Carson Wentz or even Josh Allen. Like, is he even as explosive as a runner as Josh Allen is? Cause I would lean no at this point, Josh Allen's like what? Six foot six.
0: Yeah. Something like that. I mean, he can, the thing with Josh Allen, he can either put you on skates or run you over and you don't know which one he's going to do.
1: Right. Whereas Jalen hurts is much smaller guy. What six foot, maybe is he six two range? Uh, I don't He might be listed
0: at that, but I don't think he is that tall. So
1: he's like a, like, maybe six foot six one and so he's not a big guy he's not he doesn't have those long strides he's a good athlete i mean he yeah. could I, I think he could have played as a running back potentially but uh i think he's clearly good enough to play to be on an nfl roster as a quarterback i just don't know if like you trade carson wentz which again i'm not totally against it at this point i just think that the value you got back for him was terrible. And you sent him to a place where he's going to succeed. I mean, like this is going to look really, really bad for them. I think in a year or two, as they continue to flounder, because what you got back for your star quarterback is not going to help you build, build, rebuild the franchise. I mean, you're, all these guys are walking out the door and I think they're just going to have to hit the reset button. Nick Sirianni. It feels like he's going to feels like they're kind of in the same boat as the Texans, to be honest with you, not nearly as bad, from a PR standpoint, or even on the field, but this Sirianni, Nick Sirianni, is kind of going to be the the scapegoat to the rebuild. Like he's going to stick around for two or three years, get them picking in the top ten and the top fives where they can get guys to to rebuild the franchise. So what they do at six, I think, is going to be very interesting. It'll tell how he's hand, uh, whether what he actually thinks of Jalen Hurts or not. Because if you take like Trey Lance at six or Justin Fields at six. You're already, I mean, they have to take over for Jalen Hurts then at some point. So I feel like you're right back to square one. I honestly feel like it could be perceived as a bad thing if they go quarterback at number six, because you, it's yep. like just a fucking merry-go-round of quarterback prospects. Like at some point, I think you just got to commit to somebody. The, the thing about them getting rid of Carson Wentz that I do, I do disagree with. One, I think, I I know he's played bad, but if that was the value I was offered, I'd say, tell it to me walking, I'll keep him. And I'll just roll with him as my starter and I'll trade Jalen Hurts, who probably could have got me similar to that value. Uh, I know the team's not going to be very good. And and I think, like you said, Nick, they were over him. They didn't want him in the building anymore. So it, it is a unique situation because I don't think on the field, despite his struggles, really had that much to do with it more than like the culture and the building's been so bad, but it's like I think the issue with the culture was the butting heads between Doug and Carson, and so why get rid of Doug if you're gonna get rid of Carson? You know, like it just doesn't make much sense to me because as much as I knock on Doug, he did win them their only Super Bowl ever in franchise history, and the guy you hired, you always have to think two steps ahead when you're being paid to run an NFL franchise, like. I was never in love with Mike McCarthy. I didn't want them to fire Mike McCarthy. If you don't have a better available option. So, or, or he's proven he's truly that bad. So like when you fire Doug, what's you need to know what your plan is for filling that role in your organization. That I'd say is the second or third most important position in your organization. Uh, and if the answer is Nick Sirianni, which again, I, I don't want to talk too much shit on him. We don't know anything about him, but like, that's it's probably not great right like I I just I think that the this is a huge win for the Colts a huge win for the Colts and if you're the Eagles sure you moved on from Carson Wentz but what happens when he leads the Colts to 12 and 4 next year gets him like a couple of playoff wins and you're you go fucking 3 and 13 again
0: their owner finally gets rid of Howie Roseman like they should have done. Like that's kind of what this Doug Peterson firing seems like is, it was kind of a little bit to try to save his butt and extend his life in Philly a little bit longer. And it, it, and I, I feel I've heard that Howie's
1: Roseman's position is very secure, which I'm with you, Nick. This guy has drafted miss after miss the last several years. I mean, Miles Sanders congrats, but Alshon Jeffrey was not the, not a great signing. Uh, JJR, Sega, white terrible pick that- Nelson Aguilar, terrible pick. And they could have taken Jalen Rager. Yeah. Jalen Rager, not looking good. Like it's, it's his track record has not been good as of late. So, and then, and then Carson Wentz, you traded a lot, a lot of assets. I think they moved from 18 or 21, that range up to two to get him. Cause they knew the Rams were going to take off. Well, fact that pick officially didn't work out whether or not he goes on to become a hall of famer. He didn't, he's not on your roster anymore. So, and he extended him too. like, I just think it's a mess, man. I I don't think he's in a good way right now. And I don't blame Philly for being upset. I'd be pretty pissed too. He's not managed this situation very well. The organization has not navigated or managed this situation very well at all. So my, I guess, closing takeaway is I think, I think Indy, becomes a Super Bowl contender instantly with him on their team. And I, I think that Carson Wentz is going to be a top five perennial quarterback for the next decade.
0: So I thought this was interesting. I had saw this kind of what the Eagles got or what the Browns got from the Eagles and then what the Browns did with it in that trade. So the Eagles got two picks from the Browns, which equated to Carson Wentz, Donnell Pumphrey, who's no longer in the league. You're a big Donald Pumphrey guy. I love him. Aztec, <laughs> he's he's awesome. For those
1: that don't know on the show, Nick, Nick spent some time where, you know, he works at Lindenwood yep. in the athletic department. You spent some time interning for SDSU, right?
0: Yeah, and it was Pumphrey's senior year. Right. So I got to so meet him on the big, field and see him in the weight room and stuff. So big you, ass. You were a big Rashad Penny guy probably
1: too, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yep. As was I took him on my dynasty team still waiting for that one to pan out.
0: <laughs> yeah. I but, don't know uh, about first round for him, but
1: Yes, that support. was what was crazy about it. Everybody's like, "Oh, he's going to be the best day 2 steal." <laughs> like Dalvin Cook type player. And then Seattle just like, "Yeah, we'll take him like 21 or whatever." That <laughs> yeah. was crazy.
0: So what the Eagles basically gave to the Browns became Jack Conklin, Titans tackle, which I believe is a pro bowler. Oh, he's good. 2017, number 12 pick, they gave up the opportunity to get Deshaun Watson. In 2018, the number 64 pick became Tyquan Lewis, who's with the Colts now. 2016, they gave up Daryl Worley. And then 2016 also could have gotten Connor Cook. So then the Browns traded away all these picks and the pick that became Jack, Jack Conklin. They got Corey Coleman, Sean Coleman, and Deshaun Kaiser out of (laughs) for the Deshaun Watson pick. They got Jabril Peppers and Denzel Ward. We're not going good here. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Denzel's all right. Denzel's all right.
1: Jabril's Jabril's not bad either, but he's not
0: on the team anymore. Denzel Ward also, I don't know about number four overall for him. Yes, that was a little rich. Uh, Tyquan Lewis became Chad Thomas and Antonio Callaway. Nice. The Corey
1: Coleman and Antonio Callaway, that's tough.
0: Yeah. That's really tough. They
1: kept trying to get these slot guys that just had tons of personality issues.
0: Daryl Worley became Cody Kessler, Derek Kinder, and Spencer Durango. And then Connor Cook became Ricardo Lewis and Jordan Payton, who I've not heard of either of those guys. I want to say I've heard of Ricardo so, Lewis. Oh, he's the wide receiver. Yeah. So essentially the Eagles and Browns both royally messed that trade up. That was uh, our good boy, our good buddy, uh, Jack
1: Dor- John Dorsey. Was he probably, was he running the show then? I believe so. Or was this pre-John
0: Dorsey? was or, this Walde Podesta? No. Who was in between them?
1: Oh, there was a guy in between Dorsey them, like and that. the guy they had. Well, it was Dorsey, and then now they is, have Jordan Berry. Who was that a, big analytics guy? I thought it was Paul De Podesta. Is that he had a name like that?
0: Oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on this guy's name. I believe it starts with an S. You gonna look it up? I am looking it up. Okay,
1: yeah, I'll be interested to see. Well, regardless, the Browns, I mean, yeah, that's that was a hilarious tidbit because. Yeah, not, not the best. I mean, you wonder why your team's so bad year after year. That would yeah. be why. It's almost hard to do that so consecutively too, you know? Like yep. that is that That's is
0: a true, true skill. Sashi Brown. Sashi Brown, so, not Paul D. Podesta. Yeah, so they went from Ray Farmer 2014-2015 to Sashi Brown 16-17 to Dorsey from 17-19. to 19. So it was basically sashi brown and john dorsey for wasn't
1: wasn't sashi brown a baseball guy too yep paul d podesta is an american football executive and former baseball executive who's the chief strategy officer and de facto president of the cleveland browns that's that's in wikipedia so it paul Paul d podesta is an analytics guy but he's still there but they at least got jordan berry now Yeah, i don't know when they hired paul d podesta must have been after the Dorsey stuff regardless yeah. we digress the, the that,
0: that I think kind of wraps up for the Carson Wentz stuff unless you got anything else Tali I think it just proves that Chris Ballard is one of the best GMs so in the good. NFL I mean yeah and especially when you see what they gave up for Carson Wentz when their options were either you get him Deshaun Watson or try to trade or draft somebody late and I mean instead of selling out everything for Deshaun Watson I think it's at least worth the flyer it's only two years really of a commitment to Carson Wentz. So
1: I I just love the way Chris Ballard approaches it. He's such a straight shooter and he just, he has, he, he doesn't bend to anything yeah. like he has his plan. He, you know, knows the value and he just, he just hits doubles, man. Like, Oh, Quentin Nelson guys, yeah. a surefire player. We'll pick him. Let me go find this Darius Leonard guy, third rounder out of like South Carolina state, I believe. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let me go get the Rocky scene at a temple. Let me go get uh, who's, who's the other Bobby Okariki? Yep. He's let me, like let me go grab bracket. him. Yeah. So like he, he's done a great job at the draft, but like, you know, I think we sometimes forget being the GM. Isn't just the draft. I mean, yeah, he's done a great job at the draft, but like, let us not forget Josh McDaniels left him at the altar. Yeah. Like he went out and got his second choice was like awesome. Frank Reich has turned out to be like a pretty damn good coach. Now you're patient on the quarterback thing. The Phil Rivers thing, I'd say, worked out, got him to the playoffs. So now you, now you finally get a chance at a great value at a stud quarterback. Way better option than Darnold. You're getting a guy still in his 20s that could be your quarterback for a decade when you're not going to draft high enough to get a guy of his physical talent. Ideally, anytime soon. So I, yeah, no, I think Chris Ballard's awesome. He was billed as a pretty good executive and, you know, I I had the take back in the season that he should just beg Andrew Luck to come out of retirement, but this is, this is, I think the next best thing you got it set up and now you got an immense talent in Carson Wentz. That is a bit of a cleanup project, but I, I, maybe I just have more faith in him than others do. I just don't, I think he's a lot more fixable than people think. I don't think he's like Mitch Trubisky. Like it, it, I watched that MVP season, I wa- I saw it with my own eyes. You, you can't tell me he can't do it. He can do it. It's just The variables that surrounded him the last two years were not conducive to success at all. So, uh, Frank I'm really Reich was to his OC he when
0: he was an MVP. Came right, out, and so. and
1: as I've told you, Nick, I think Frank Reich and uh, who was the John D. Filippo. I think they were a lot more to do, and obviously Doug too deserves deserve some credit. But I think that they were a lot more of the brains behind the operation because you saw when those guys left, D Filippo went to become the OC in Minnesota. Frank Reich left to become the head coach in uh Indy. You saw the difference. Like it was never the same. Similar to the Falcons when Kyle Shanahan left. Never the same. Like it's it's you, you now you, pay, you literally pair him up with the guy who was his OC. When he had the MVP season, a guy that's worked with him, a guy that clearly signed on to this, Chris Ballard goes, hey, do you want this guy? Like, can we fix him? Can we make it work in our offense? Hell yeah, sign me up. So I think that that contract he's signed to, that we said, wow, what a bad deal Philly did. It's going to look so small. It's going to pale in comparison, I think, to the numbers and the success they're going to have over the next couple of years. I really do have lofty expectations for them. In, in the AFC South. Tough division still. I mean, Titans are really good. Uh, Texans are a dumpster fire. Jags are a dumpster fire. But Jags should be on the up and up. They get Trevor Lawrence. They got just a treasure trove of picks. I, I, Urban, I'd imagine, will
0: win oh, some games. Be, they'll at least be competitive. I mean, Where if Trevor Lawrence is... Where you can't, Lawrence like, sleepwalk is, through a game.
1: Right. If Trevor Lawrence is any anywhere wh- what we think he's going to be, They'll be competitive, yeah. So, uh, let's move on to our second story, and this is flown under the radar a little bit. I haven't seen this reported on on like TV really, but I've seen it floated around the interwebs, and uh, that is Big Ben. Uh, Big Ben, his he's got an expensive salary cap number, you know, he's, he gets paid a lot of money. The old, old quarterbacks are expensive, and I kind of doubted how good they were going to be this year. I did not see that coming. I think in the end, we were all kind of right about them. Our preseason assessment was
0: right. Yeah. They just had a ton of success early on in the year that nobody expected. Well, once but, the defense is adjusted to him throwing the ball under two seconds on every play and not being able to throw downfield, that's when they started losing every game.
1: Right. And, and I think I think the one thing we did underestimate about Pittsburgh was that defense was amazing. I think yeah. they would have kept on that pace. Probably one. They definitely want to beat the Browns in the playoffs. I think if if Devin Bush doesn't get hurt, if they if they manage to stay healthy on that side of the ball. Uh, I think they would have kept up the pace. It would have gone undefeated, but like they would have gone like 13 and three. Um, but Big Ben is a shell of himself. He, he can't hold the football. He can't get touched. He can't really throw. He's never been a guy that's really been in great shape. He's never really been a film study guy. He's kind of been a backyard bullshit quarterback for his career. And I'm a Big Ben fan. Like I, I think that he was fun to watch. Honestly, I think kind of a questionable human, but uh, definitely in, in terms of on the field, at least we'll <laughs> yeah. just isolate big Ben, the football player. He's, he's shot. He, yeah. This is significantly worse than Phil last year. And we had doubts about Phil and I, I thought Phil was shot. And I think he, 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 he did pretty well. I think he went a long way to leaving a positive image in our minds as he retires, but big Ben is, done he's beyond done and i think pittsburgh is getting to the point too where they're like can you just go away please (laughs) like just don't make us do this like you know like when you have a sick dog and you know you have to put it down and you're kind of hoping that it just passes on its own that's kind of what the pittsburgh steelers are like with big ben right now and Tali, you wrote down the number he has a dead cap figure sitting at 22 no that's that's got to be his that's got to be his, no. his
0: cap hit, right? No, that's just the dead cap hit. What's his, the cap hit? It's So they save $19 million. Million by releasing him. It's like 41 or something. Good Lord. So that's just going to show you guys, like if you want to start yeah. looking at contracts and how this stuff works,
1: they backload it all. And this is a big reason why. So that way they can afford to keep paying other players while you're on the team. And then they just cut you later. And this is pretty much what's going to happen. I don't envision big Ben as the starting quarterback for the Steelers in 2021. Kind of hard to imagine at this point. Uh, The dead cap is huge. So that's the problem. I think the way you see him come back is if he significantly restructures his deal, then I think you could potentially see one more year of big Ben, maybe. And that's just because they are not in a position to get a quarterback. Uh, But to save 19 million and still have 22 and a half dead cap, that's, wild first of all but 19 million is a hell of a lot of money and if you got to have the dead cap hit in 2021 i don't know tolly what's the cap what's the dead cap then like how long does his contract go um do you have the dead cap and do you have a significant dead cap in 2022 and 2023 because i think that i is don't where believe you factor it that. in if you just have to eat a high dead cap ideally you'd like to use all of your salary cap towards players on your team you don't want to be 22 million tied up in Ben Roethlisberger who's not on the team but if
0: you can save 19 of that I mean that's a, that's you could get another decently paid quarterback salary with that and they're only 6 million over the cap right now with his 40 something million so I mean you take that gives them 13 million in room just by cutting one guy.
1: And, and they were the t- a team we talked about as uh, suitors for JJ Watt in a similar position that the Packers were in. They were in negative cap room. The the Packers look like they're going to significantly restructure Rodgers. They've cre- they've cut a couple of players to create cap room themselves. This is kind of the phase of the offseason we're in right now to where like if you don't understand the minutia of the administration or the business side of the nfl you don't probably really care about the moves that are happening but this is all gearing up to try to make pushes at free agents like if they restructure or release big ben that and frees them up now they're in positive cap maybe you go sign a guy like jj Watt. maybe you can go get some of these depth guys that you're gonna have to put on the roster you got now keep in mind too you need some you need at least a couple million just to sign your draft picks. And so, Juju's a free agent, too. And I can't imagine they bring him back, to be honest with you. Uh, so I, I, we talked about this a little bit last week. Feel for the free agents this year. It's going to be a tough year to be a, a
0: street free agent. Um, we at least got a little bit closer. It looks like the cap's going to be at like 182, one eighty three. That's what I've i been seeing because they, they set the floor of 175. There's another minor, it's minor now story this past week. Oh, they
1: raised it up to 180, did they? Yeah, they said it'd be at
0: least 180, and I think they said it wouldn't go over 185. So it's kind of in that 182, 183 range. So we got a pretty good idea of what it's going to look like then. Yeah. So,
1: uh, Tali, what are your kind of thoughts? Like, What do you expect the Steelers to do? What do you think that this sets up if they do indeed decide to move on from him? I think that you'd like to approach him about a restructure before you straight-up release because, again, unless you got maybe a pretty good solid trade lined up for say sam darnold or somebody i don't know who you're putting under center next year big ben at least does make you competitive uh you're definitely not probably winning any Lombardies with him anymore but maybe he's got one good season left in him who knows you did I, I mean you were 10 11 and 0 uh before the defense started getting hurt so maybe if he gets a restructure you're able to keep him but just to avoid the dead cap of $22.5 million, that just, that stings. That really stings. I know you're saving nineteen, but, like, that's what people get. I think a lot, that's the big Twitter, people post that on Twitter. Oh, they could save $19.5 million in cap space if they release him. Yeah, but you're also immediately decreasing, like, your team's salary cap now. Like, this is the best economic way I can explain it. If this, the Pittsburgh Steelers' salary cap is, let's say, $185 million, Sure, you save $19 million in cap space by cutting Big Ben, but your cap now, if it's $22 million in dead cap, your dead cap now is $163 million. Like, now now you're operating at a cap of $163 instead of $185.
0: Like, does that make sense? Yeah, you know what'll make you sicker? I don't know uh, if you've realized this. What's Jared, that? Jared Goff now has the record for a dead cap hit at 43.3 million dollars what the Rams are doing is just absurd (laughs) it's just absurd and it's gonna blow up in their
1: face here eventually like I I don't how do you feel the football team like that I I have no idea with the cap going down yeah so I I know that's a lot of numbers for, for you for the listeners but I I hope I broke it down in a way that's at least uh comprehensible i mean i'm I'm not a numbers guy so i'd like to think that i'm speaking in enough layman's terms but but yeah the the dead cap is is huge uh and, and jared goff setting the record with 40 mil i mean like 22 i guess that's still 22 40 is like double that yeah. but 22 still that's a lot of dead cap and you probably have another couple players that you're gonna have dead cap on usually a normal year i mean maybe it's like a half a million dollars but what whatever uh so yeah, it's it'll be
0: interesting to see what Big Ben decides to do. I really just think he needs to hang it up, though. Uh, he's I mean that would leave him with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins going into next year, unless there I mean there could be somebody did, in the and draft they, did they like.
1: Signed Dwayne Haskins as like an insurance policy. What a weird signing that was. Uh, not really a Steelers signing, but uh, no. it, it's been interesting to see how they've approached the end of his career. Every team does it differently, you know. Bill drafted Jimmy G. The Packers drafted Jordan Love. We've seen other teams just ignore it completely. Like Sean Payton uh, has ignored it completely. Taysom Hill. And then he's got sign, signs James Winston. He's got Jameis down there eating W. Yeah. He's got, he's got, he, he finally signed Jameis, But like for years, it was like, is Drew going to retire? Like, who are they going to, they, for years, it'd be like, saints are going to draft a quarterback. Saints are going to draft a quarterback. Never do for years. I thought the Steelers were going to draft Jordan love. I was, I was so set on either the Steelers, or the saints drafting Jordan love this year. Nope. Didn't do it. Like The Steelers even traded up to 10 a a year, two years ago. They traded up to 10 overall from number 21 or whatever in the draft to get Devin Bush, a middle linebacker. So like it's really interesting to me how different the approaches are to when you have a hall of fame level quarterback approaching the end of his career. So it'll be really interesting to see what the Steelers do with big Ben. Let's move on to our final topic today. And that'll be, the kind of first round we're going to go over some of the names some of the values i think everybody expects trevor lawrence to be picked uh number one overall but the jets have the number two pick dolphins have number three zach wilson doesn't make it past there in some way shape or fashion i don't know if like i'm assuming potentially watson's going to be dealt by then that's i think a huge domino and variable when you're calculating who may land where uh as it stands right now, and and Darnold, too, right? Like, Darnold is currently on the Jets' roster. Michael Floor and uh, Robert Sala have to determine whether or not they want to keep him or not. I, If I'm the Jets, kind of, I think
0: I keep Sam Darnold and trade that pick. I mean, you don't have anybody else to back up, even. So... I mean, even if you keep Sam Darnold as your backup. So
1: I'm kind of out on Darnold. I I really am. But I wonder if, you know, the Shanahan offense and if, if they might, like, I feel like he'd be okay in that offense. I feel like he does a lot of stuff that that offense likes to do. Like he's athletic. He can move the pocket. He can make those short throws. Clearly can't just sit there, drop back and process a bunch of info. But like, if you get him on all these crossers, like I like, if you put him in a place like San Francisco, which is basically San Francisco staff, I think he would have success in San Francisco. The now, I don't think he's ever going to be a top ten quarterback. That's just something that you have to make peace with. So, like, if you think Zach Wilson or one of these guys is going to get be a potentially elite quarterback or better than Sam, I think
0: you do just have to trade Sam and take the QB. Which you're you gonna just need, need the best quarterback possible. You're going to need in the AFC East because you think I mean the Bills almost top 10 or close to top 10 defense Dolphins, top 10 defense, you know, Belichick, he's getting a lot of guys back this year. They're going to be in top 15 defense. Like your quarterback's going to have their work cut out for him in that division. Sure. sure, Absolutely. Um, and, and again, I
1: think it really comes down to their evaluation. The jets evaluation of, do we think one of these guys is better than Sam? I think that that's pretty much where the conversation ends, because if you think that you can't keep Sam, um, but the, but the, but the problem is you mentioned AFC East, Outside stadiums, very cold weather. Zach Wilson is 200 pounds. Yeah, he's very tall, but he's 200 pounds. I don't think in – I can recall in the last 15 years a quarterback that's that light uh, with his frame um, having a ton of success in the league. Like, they're all over 200. And I think Zach Wilson, it'll be interesting to see what he weighs at. I think he's probably under 200 pounds. He's a, he's a, he has a very slight frame. So I think durability has got to be a concern with him. Justin Fields. He's, he's just interesting physical tools, kind of raw as a prospect. Doesn't, I, I'm not totally just, he has a little bit of that Darnold where like, when I watched Darnold in college, I knew how good of a physical prospect he was. He was more of an arm talent pocket guy, whereas Fields is more of an athletic prospect but he really put on a show in the, in the college football class where you're like, wow, like he's kind of changing my opinion a little bit, but he does still leave a little bit to be desired. Like, is he, is he going to be athletic enough to just run all over NFL defenses like Josh Allen? I don't think so. So then to me, you're going to have to have elite arm talent and be able to throw the ball very effectively. I don't think he's going to be able to do that consistently. So like, if you're the jets, then, then like, what, what, what do you think about these guys? So, I do think Zach Wilson, though, is the clear-cut number two. Um, I've, I've studied him enough now to where I think that at the end of the day, if the cons- if you can't just not draft a guy because he's 200 pounds. I mean, we've seen the NFL is evolving. We've seen Kyler Murray work. We've seen Lamar win an MVP. We've seen that there's 10 ways to skin a cat. So Zach Wilson, who threw darts this year in college football and has a huge arm, and did it at a small school with probably not that great of coaching. I, I, I'm pretty high on him as the second quarterback off the board. Whether the Jets take him, whether they trade out of that pick, he's not getting past two or three. Maybe the Jets keep that pick and draft like Panay Sewell, but uh, he's not getting past the Dolphins. So then you got Nick, and I don't know if you can pull up the remaining uh, order here. You got some some of the top prospects I heard all season in the fall, Panay Sewell, the tackle out of Oregon, was going to be the first non-quarterback drafted. I've seen people back off of that. I know people are very high on Northwestern's Sean Slater. I think at the end of the day, a lot of this shit and these rumors, like people just need stuff to talk about, Panay Sewell should be probably one of the top guys taken. But what's interesting here. I think is that there could be just a lot of quarterbacks coming off the board early Jacksonville, taking a QB jets liable to take a QB Miami liable to take a QB Atlanta liable to take a QB. So it's not until you get to Cincinnati where you're going to get a sure, you know, non-quarterback taken. I think that's basically
0: where Panay Sewell lands. That just makes way too much sense to me. There's also Uh, been some mock drafts that have a lot of those teams that could take quarterbacks also taking wide receivers, like a big yes. run so, on wide receivers. And, and and this
1: is where the first round is a little bit interesting this year because you have, I think, four quarterbacks, and Mac Jones is who I want to talk about too in this because he's getting a lot of hype lately. I heard Mike Tannenbaum, ex-Jets guy, honestly, take everything with a grain of salt. Guy's not probably the best, uh, <laughs> the best example, I would say, of uh being that in touch with everything, but he was a former NFL GM. So he said that Mac Jones's floor is being picked like eighth overall by Carolina, which I think is absolutely bullshit. Like I'll just come out and
0: say it. it's bullshit. Anthony Tresh from PFF also in his mock draft has Mac Jones going eight overall to the Panthers. I, I'm not
1: saying it's not, it's impossible. Yeah, I don't think he's a
0: first round pick.
1: I, I don't. He's a, he's a statue. He doesn't have the arm talent of, you know, some of these other guys. He is not your prototypical 2021 quarterback. The prototypical 2021 quarterback is like the Carson Wentz type. It is uh that that big physical athlete like the Josh Allen type. Like yeah. strong arm, can run a little bit. Uh it is not these these quarter these pocket passers. And that's exactly what Mac Jones is. So I don't buy it. I'm not saying that there's not going to be a team crazy enough to do it. I, I mean, clearly he had a lot of success, but um, I think you're going to see a lot of receivers taken again this year. We talked about the the depth last in last year's class. The depth this year is going to be pretty pretty outrageous. You got Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, uh, D- Devonte Smith, um, the two Bama kids. So you got those guys at the top. You got Rondale Moore. I think once you get towards the end of the first round, you're going to see Kadarius Toney come off the board. Uh, Rashad Bateman, I think, is probably, at the end of the day, a first-round pick in a Minnesota. So uh, some of these other guys high up in the first round, Nick, where do you see kind of some fits uh, or some of the value of some of these top quarterback prospects, some of the top uh, guys that we're going to see in the top ten?
0: Yeah, I mean – I don't, I think this draft is going to be interesting because there could be a lot of movement. I
1: I thought that there was going to be a
0: lot of movement last
1: year and I can, couldn't believe how just steady everybody stayed. It's just been steady Eddie the last couple of years. So I think it's going to be tough to predict because there's a lot of dominoes left to fall at the end of the day. I think there's four quarterbacks taken in the top 10, probably the top eight, because like I said, the value on Wilson is like top two or three. Fields will come off the board. Fields and Lance are coming off the board. Not, not that far after because they are interesting guys. And I think the wild card, like the Jordan love, I guess, prospect of this draft. There's two of them really. Although Kyle Trask doesn't seem to be getting very much love right now. I don't think either of them are first round picks. Whereas I thought Jordan love at least had some more intriguing physical ability than uh Trask and uh, Mac Jones bring to the table. But I think those will be your two kind of wild cards and it just takes one team to like them. Like, let's say new England loves Kyle Trask. he could get picked. Let's say new England loves, you know, Mac Jones. He could get picked. Um, At the end of the day, I think it'll be the four early ones. And I don't think, I really don't think that there's going to be a fifth one taken, but uh, that could change. I mean, it certainly feels like the hype on max Mac Jones is getting a little (laughs) out of control right now. Uh, But you're going to see a lot of those, those wide receivers are going to come off. You got a couple corners. I've been hearing all about the safety at TCU, Trayvon Mooring. I haven't watched a ton of him, you but michael uh,
0: Parsons coming out to the linebacker. Michael Parsons State. will be a
1: top 10 pick. There's a lot of guys that sat out this year that whose names probably don't ring a bell, you know, uh, yeah. they just haven't been around because we had such a weird college football season, but the top, the top guys are set. It's just a matter of where they fit and where they fall. So I'm looking forward to it. I think that it'll be interesting. I think, before you get to, before we get too far involved in the draft talk, uh, we gotta wait for some of these other quarterback dominoes to fall in the league uh, to yeah. truly know what some of these teams are going to do. But I think I think it could end up being honestly kind of obvious come draft night if like the Jets get Watson yeah. and maybe or let's say let's say Miami gets Watson, they trade two to Houston and the Jets maybe trade back with like Philly and if Philly trades up to two, well, I wonder who
0: they're going to take.
1: You yeah. know, like they're going to well,
0: take a quarterback. I'm also kind of looking right now as I'm looking at this draft order, kind of like nine where Denver is 10 where Dallas is like Denver's been rumored to be in on Deshaun Watson. So that could change yes. some stuff. Does Dallas try to trade up with like Cincinnati? Cause Cincinnati's taking a wide receiver. So do they fall back to get a wide receiver later? And Dallas wants to jump the line and get a quarterback. Like a lot I of, interesting like there's a lot scenarios. of kind of that pushing around that. I mean, where does Dak Prescott go? Does he sign with Dallas? Does he go somewhere else? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and because of the quarterback movement this year, I think that these scenarios are
1: more <laughs> voluminous yeah. than they've been in years past. I mean, there's always so many different interesting things that you can throw out there as, like, hey, this could, they could do this. This could happen. At the end of the day, I think we overcomplicate the draft an awful lot. Yeah. especially at the quarterback position. A lot of the GMs, like, and I think Chris Ballard's a great example. They don't view the quarterback position any different. I mean, they know it's important, but, like, you don't have to do it a certain way. Like, Chris Ballard goes, oh, great value for Carson Wentz. I'll take him. Like, he wasn't necessarily married to the idea of, like, oh, i got to get my guy. Carson Wentz is my guy. This materialized recently.
0: I mean, so You could also see, like, in Atlanta going, you know what? We don't really like any of these guys. We know we have Matt Ryan for another year we'll evaluate again next year. Maybe they take a tackle or somebody. Maybe they take out. Panay Sewell. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Maybe they take beautiful. Jamar Chase.
1: Maybe they take, you know, Caleb Farley or Patrick Sertan, one of these elite corners that's coming out. So it, it'll be really interesting. I, I do think I, I've been looking through, and I, I think that the first round is about as advertised as it normally is. I think there's about as the The top of the class is about as good as most years. The depth in this draft, I think, is bad. And I've been telling some of my buddies that I don't think that there's as many players that at least I like once you get past like the first couple rounds. Definitely like once you get
0: past the second or third round, it feels pretty bare right Especially now. Especially the edge position, which I feel like a lot of teams are kind of looking for edge rushers right now. And there's and not normally a lot those free guys go in top and, 10. And I've I'm seeing yeah. a lot of
1: mocks that have them going in the 20s and the teens because they don't. There's that top end talent, isn't there? And I'll tell you this. A lot of those guys picked in the twenties are going to suck yeah, because they're being picked because of positional value. So, I mean, they could be awesome. They could be terrible. So it's just, I think that because of 2020, it could be 2020, you know, we didn't have as much college football played, but to me, there's not as many guys that I have seen so far. Once you get past the first hundred picks, we usually there's still several guys that you like and that you're like, Oh, he's, he's intriguing. He's interesting. Yeah. He's not going to be a high pick. He's like a fifth round pick, but he's going to be a productive NFL player. I mean, some of this, you can kind of sniff out from a mile away, but I, there's just not as many of those guys this year. So I'll, I'll be interested to see kind of how it goes and how it turns out. It's all just last year. It
0: started with last year's draft. I think it's going to carry over to this year. It's just, it's, it's different. And it's a, it's a little weird. Yeah, there's always that one person too you never expect that all of a sudden just starts falling, and somebody that is taken way higher than everyone thinks they should be. So, yep,
1: yeah, yeah, and and you know what's funny is a lot of the times the I feel like the public has gotten is starting to get pretty good. Like Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, what were they thinking? Well, it turns out Johnny Manziel first round picks. What turns out the public was kind of right about that one. Like (laughs) remember when the Raiders drafted Cleveland Furl, and then this past year they took uh who did they take that didn't they take the Ohio state corner or the Clemson corner in, like in the twenties. And it was like, I thought he was like a third round pick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There were it, there was like not four good. corners still on the board rated higher than him. And he, he
1: wasn't. So I did the whole thing last year. He was not rated in the top 100 picks for me. And that wasn't a biased thing. I had plenty of OSU guys on there. Yeah. He was not one of them. So, uh, <laughs> I forget his name his name is escaping me right now, but, but I think that'll, that'll wrap it up for our draft talk. We will have a ton more draft talk uh, and free agent talk as uh, the weeks progress here. Good, good stuff on the Carson Wentz trade going to Philly or going from Philly to Indy. Uh, that'll be a really interesting to see him in the, in the blue and white. Uh, <laughs> the picture so they
0: released, he looks terrible in it. I
1: don't the, know if it's did the they ginger do a hair Photoshop.
0: Or yeah, they did a Photoshop. It was not a good one though. Well, I'll have a helmet on. It's not going to be. That <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, that'll do it for us here on the show today. I want to give again the text line. We're going to bank a couple of these and then we're going to start reading off. So please, 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 if you are listening to this and you don't text in and I figure out who you are, I'm going to hunt you down Grinch style. So leave a voicemail or a text message 904 990 3850. Again, 904 990. 3850 and uh, give us give us a text, give us a question, give us a take. You got, give us a scenario of, of what you think could happen uh in the in the draft free agency, a trade that you a, a little a little head trade that you got uh brewing up there in your brain. Get brain dump it all on the text line. Um, and, and we'll read it on the show. Um, we'd like to give a shout out always to Book It Sports, who were presented by a lot of fun stuff going on over at Book It. They are getting new users every day and putting out a ton of content. New update and we want coming to do, this week. Yeah, new update coming this week. So we also want to give a shout-out to uh, Aces Wild um, 502 North. I always mess this up. I want to say it's 208. 208 North Main Street. That's right. 208 North Main Street. Head on over to Aces Wild. They got a ton of uh, fun stuff for you over there. We had fun doing our um, Aces of the Week, and we're, we're excited to continue partnering up with them. So head on out to 208. North main street and Columbia, Illinois and go check out Ace's wild.
0: And you can follow us everywhere at from the 50 show. We also from accept DMs. Show. If you're too scared to text in or call in, send us a DM.
1: Yeah. And, and if you just want to, if you just want to, I know a lot of people get scared to text in Like they don't want their name attached to it. Right. Yeah. Just, keep just it do an announcement anonymous. Anonymous, anonymous, yep. anonymously with not be, not a huge deal. Um, So uh, definitely be sure to DM us. If you DM us, we'll get you on the show. If you, if you hit the text line, we'll get you on the show. Um, and answer your question or uh, react to your take. So that'll do it for our show today. For Nick, I'm Zach Zook saying so long. We will see you guys next week.